I like how they name her Charlie. Char, Charlie. Yeah. Well, her full her full name is Charlene. Charlene. Yeah. I got. I thought her full name was Charcoal Burkett. Yes, it was (laughs) Charcoal Burkett McKee. Oh my God! Charcoal Burkett. Wow. McKee. It's it's the latest, you know she's it's like her, her model name like instead of Brigitte or Brigitte she yeah I was gonna say Char- like that Brigitte. that could actually like work in a way <laughs> like Charlene Bridget yeah exactly Charcoal Briquette Charcoal Briquette meet my daughter Charcoal Briquette <laughs> I mean Charlene Bridget oh man I totally want a pyrotechnic daughter who who's named Charcoal no. Briquette no nope. you're not allowed yes. Welcome to They Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 95, King of Palooza, Firestarter. This podcast has the power, an evil destructive force. Dum, dum, dum. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Chaos. I'm your host, Carnage. And this week is our King of Palooza finale. Oh, that's right. I'm here too. I was getting to you. Oh my gosh. Wow. Hey, guess what? Mav's here today. (laughs) Woo! Just ruined my whole intro. Do you want to start again? No. Okay. It's it's over. it's all right. I'll get over it. I'm it's sad fine. that this is our last King of Palooza, though. I was just looking at that for right now. Well, for this month, yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna have '90s uh, Stephen King movies in April. In April, yeah. See, April comes up again. Yeah. Spring of Palooza. Spring of. <laughs> Spring a king of Palooza. King of spring a Palooza. Spring king. Spring spring a king of king. spring king of Palooza. King king of spring. King we'll of fi- spring. I'm horrified now. We'll figure it out. I need an adult. Yeah. Okay. So we gotta work workshop that one some more. It's okay though. We'll brainstorm. Um, we'll yeah. figure something out. Hey everybody! We're so excited to have you here for our big finale for King of Palooza with Firestarter. If this is your first uh, episode that you've ever tuned into, welcome. Also, be afraid. Uh, be very afraid. You're missing out. No, we're glad you're here, and we hope you stick around. Um, something Go back you might want to the backlog is uh, we do. There is a warning for spoilers ahead. Um, expletives ahead, and uh, we are two best friends who um, have been best friends for so long that we decided to start a horror movie podcast together, and each week we take turns picking horror movies uh, to deconstruct and, and analyze and do opinions and trivia and fan fiction and awards and Carnage is like doing this weird face thing. Like she's either no. I was just thinking she's not w- with us. Or... I'm pretending I'm not your best friend anymore. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just thinking about how we discovered today that we've been friends for so long. We have the same thoughts, and it's kind of yeah. creepy. Couple times today. Wouldn't we've that been be on the same wavelength? Wouldn't that be appropriate for a movie about yes. about psychics? Yes. and psychic phenomena. Yeah, psychokinetic, psycho. 
Psychopathic Hi. Oh my powers. God. You stuck psychopathic powers. Okay, did you just see what she just did? <laughs> what did, what did Penny I had do? my finger out like this and Penny stuck her ear into it. Like it went all the way in her ear. I'm like, why would you do that ever? She likes her ear scratched. Okay. But I wasn't expecting to have my finger go right into her ear. Like <laughs> why she not? just comes up and it goes. <laughs> hey, I'm just happy because I've been friends with you guys for almost a decade at this point, And for the very first time today. I got Penny Loves. Yes, you did. Yes. I was getting some major head boops and cheek rubs and yeah. It's been longer pretty... than a decade, Mav. Okay. It was like 2007, so it's been 12 years. Hasn't it? Well, mm-hmm. 2007, 2008? 2008. So it's I been think 2008 years. was when I started hanging out with yeah. Chaos and Just Joe. Yeah. So right before my 21st birthday. Yeah, so it's been it's been over a decade now. We didn't celebrate our decade anniversary. <gasps> our decade anniversary. <laughs> I think we should celebrate it with childbirth. Oh wait, that's going to happen. <laughs> this is technically true. You're not wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> As of this recording, I have about three weeks, and I'm ready to be done. But I bet you fine. are three weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow! Wouldn't you just wish that all your friends could like just split it up? Like you could just take the baby off, be like, "Here, it's your week this week." At this point, here, take the baby for a week. Give me your, give my back a break. Yeah, we could take turns your for baby you. In our uterus. Oh. oh, so like we'd all take turns like being pregnant. Y- yeah, yeah. I'm that not should... sure why she thinks that's a good idea. Maverick. Just to yeah, help that... map out. I might, I, I might be ready to be done, but that just sounds really creepy. Hey. That really sounds creepy. Is that another one for the pegboard? No. No, okay. it's it's not like serial killer creepy. It's just what the fuck creepy. Yeah, like where the hell did that come from? <laughs> okay, so I got to tell you a story of what I thought of last night. Speaking of really me, me and creepy thoughts. So I thought of how, you know how dentists have one of the highest suicide rates? Dentists do? Dentists do, yeah. So I thought, what if it was kind of like the ring, but you look into this one person's mouth, and it freaks you out so bad you go home and kill yourself? What if like there's a ring version of somebody's mouth out there, and that's why they've got a high suicide rate? No. I'm getting looked right now. No. <laughs> Maybe cut that from the episode. <laughs> Mouths are just inherently disgusting to begin with, so... <laughs> like like your patient whispered seven days to you yes you're like gonna die you saw something in that one person's mouth and you find out it's like this really sweet old lady that's actually doing it and she just keeps going around to different dentists no no but I would can... she really be sweet and old then no she just looks sweet and old really she's this demonic spirit from the underworld trademark pending <laughs> for me follow that dream my friend <laughs> Thoughts that happen to me late at night. You do you. Most people dream about their future. I dream about, hmm, I wonder if this is why dentists kill themselves most. <laughs> this is going on the uh, string board, I think. Yeah. This, these right, thoughts listen. about dentists I'm not killing, killing them. Themselves. I'm just saying that's why they've got a high suicide rate. But then your solution as to what's causing them is not suicide. No, it's a demonic force. But I'm not the demonic force, though. I'm not saying I'm a demonic force. I'm just, you know, theoretizing. I'm just saying your argument doesn't work because you're saying they're committing suicide and the reason they commit suicide is because they're being murdered by a demonic force. That doesn't make any sense. They're not being murdered. They see something that drives them to the edge. Dun, dun, dun. We should probably talk about this movie. I'm going to pull up my notes on this movie. I'm going to move on because you're just looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, good idea. (laughs) Solid plan. 
Uh, wait, that's pedophiles. That's not this movie. Hold on a second. Oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> well, we were talking about how Rainbird, you know, was creepy in this movie. So, so creepy. We did Firestarter. It was done in 1984 when we were all babies. Uh, it was rated R. It was an I, hour. Mm. Yeah, no. You weren't born yet. Maverick wasn't born yet. Maverick wasn't we even a toddlers. thought. We were toddlers. Um, it was rated R. It was 114 minutes long, and it got a 6.1 on the IMDb scale, which clearly haven't read the book. What about that tomato meter? So glad that you asked. The tomato meter is a green splotch at a 35%. Critic <laughs> consensus. Firestarter's concept hues too closely too closely to other known Stephen King adaptations, though it's got nice special effects, including what? including scenery-chewing George C. Scott. Audience score, 53%. What does scenery-chewing mean? That uh, usually refers to when an actor is just really, like, kind of all over the place and, like, really overacting and uh, scenery-chewing, like... You learn something new every day. Yeah. Okay. Cats. That would make sense. I mean, he is a really good actor. Mm-hmm. And he knows it. Or he yeah, knew ba- it. Yeah, basically that's it. He he knew he was a really good actor, so he was, like, essentially overacting in order to make up for the crappiness of the movie. <laughs> Shall we get to the cast? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. Uh, Charlie was Drew Barrymore. I had known for E.T., Charlie's Angels, Wedding Singer. Give me a movie. Give me a movie. Fifty first dates. Fifty first dates. Putting you, you on the spot. Dr- you, Drew Barrymore movie. You've pretty much named oh, everything. Never, been, never kissed. been kissed. Yeah, you've pretty much named everything I would have said. Oh, uh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, uh, interesting fact about Drew, Mary Bo- Drew Barrymore. I didn't know she was probably already addicted to coke when she did yes, this movie. Yes, we 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 learned chaos that earlier today. Yes, Chaos learned new things today. Andy McGee was David Keith. Um, from Officer and Gentleman, U571, um, Daredevil. And he actually was in Carrie, the TV movie. I saw that. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. Vicky was Heather Locklear. From Melrose Place, Spin City, TJ Hooker. Very small part for us. Married, right. married to... Richie Sambaro. There you go. From Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Captain Hollister, how was your fashion line doing? Martin Sheen. <laughs> um, Wall Street, Apocalypse Now, West Wing, and my favorite movie, The Departed. Surprisingly, never been nominated for an Oscar. I was kind of surprised. Not even really? for Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I hmm. thought he would have been nominated. I was even asking Maverick and Cass. I'm like, is there another name for Oscar? Because it wasn't showing up here. I'm like, he's got to have been nominated for an Oscar. Nope. Never been nominated. Well, that's some kind of crime, I'm sure. John Rainbird was George C. Scott, the now, scene chewer. What? The scene chewer. <laughs> oh, the scene chewer. My, I can't hear. I can't hear. Okay. Carnage <laughs> is deaf. He actually is a four-time Oscar-nominated actor, not that he liked that. He's known for Patton, The Changeling, and a Dr. Strangelove. Oh, sweet. And he wins our illustrious Chad Award for the di- the biggest douche canoe in this movie. Well, his character, not not him. Yes. Uh, Dr. Pinchot was Moses Gunn. Wait, I have a question on the Chad. Yeah? Should we name the female version of that the Karen? <laughs> or the Brenda? Or the Brenda? <laughs> Which one is most likely to ask to talk to the manager? Karen. <laughs> mm, that could go either way. I, d- I dealt with a Brenda earlier this week. 
at work. So. Oh boy. <laughs> no, I think it should just be the Chad. The Chad. Yeah. Okay, I'm just curious. Um, and that was named after our first episode, Tucker yes. and Dale versus Evil, for the character Chad, who was a giant, giant douche canoe. <laughs> uh, Doctor Pinchot was Moses Gunn. He's known from Shaft, uh, Ragtime, Never Ending Story Two, but also of Amityville Horror Two as well. Sorry, not Never Ending Story Two, Never Ending Story, and then Amityville Horror Two. Okay. Yeah. Irv Manders was Art Carney. Uh, another Oscar winner. He's known for Harry and Harry and Tonto and um, Last Action Hero. Norma Manders was Louise Fletcher. Another Oscar winner. Uh, she won for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. She oh, was uh, nice. Nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet. That's why she looked familiar. Yeah, and she's Got known it. for Flowers in the Attic. Nice. Oh, that train wreck of a movie. Yes. Yeah. And we have an honorable mention to our cast, the DSI orderly, George P. Wilbur. He is mostly known for his stunt work, but he was Michael Myers in at least two of the Halloween movies. Which Four ones? and six. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. Or The Shape, was, as they call him. I, I was going to, yeah, the shape. the shape. I can't believe he was in six. He had a really small role in this. I didn't remember I mean, you seeing him, do you, as an orderly? I wouldn't know. Pass. I mean, do you know he, what an orderly is? I mean, yes, I know what an orderly is. I'm just saying, like, if I knew him as Michael Myers, it's not like I'm going to know him by his face. Did he not wear a mask for this movie? No, surprisingly enough, he did not wear a William Shatner mask spray painted white. Damn it. Right. Maybe he was one of those people in front of the blinky lights. Yeah, possibly. Probably. So basically, this movie had so many, like, great actors and actresses in it, and yet it. Is still not great. Uh, yeah, not great. This, this is cl- this is clear that this is clearly showing that just because you get a great group of people together, the product that comes from that collaboration is sometimes nothing more than a polished turd. Yeah, I mean, have you ever seen like Valentine's Day or Mother's Day? Those movies, lots of great mm, actors, no. polished junk movies. Yeah, they're horrible. You're kidding! I'm so surprised. Not really at all. Uh, one note, to, there is a note here that it was directed by Mark Lester. It was going to be no, uh, directed by John Carpenter, but they could not see eye to eye, the production team. So they uh, threw him over for Mark Lester. I'm sorry, but if you're against John Carpenter on anything, you're on the wrong side. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just happen to be an, a loyalist. <laughs> Unless he did something horrible, then he can fuck off. But you know, I mean, but still, just he because it would it possibly could have been a John Carpenter movie does not necessarily mean it was anything more than a polished turd. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the script. Here, well, if it had the maybe same script, if it would be... they had made his changes, it would have been a good movie. I mean, possibility, yes, but we'll we never know. We'll never know. We'll never yeah. know. That's what I'm saying. One can dream. Or we can reanimate all, reanimate all the actors that are dead. Reanimate, reanimate, reanimate them. Get John Carpenter, have him redo this movie. See what happens. No sure. one's on board for that either. No. Nope. I was gonna say, say sure, you have fun with that. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you very much. Fuck you very much. Uh. Okay. So you need your outline. You were so good. When we had our uh, 100th episode, we did our 100th episode already, and you had that outline, and it was so fantastic. Do you have that outline again? No. I still have it. 
It was just so awesome. <laughs> I can't tell if you're making fun of me or no, not. No, I'm being serious because I'm like, I know what comes next, but, you know, a little short little summary, and then we do a big summary, but it's like, that was such a nice little outline you had. I wish we could use that for every episode. We could. Okay, let's do it. Okay. All right, cool. You want a little summary? Yes, please. Let's have a Carnage's five-second summary. Five-second summary. I don't have one, actually, for this one, but I'm going to have to make it up on the fly. You are. Drew Barrymore did coke, started fires, things went awry. All right. That's the best I can do on the fly. I didn't really think this one out. Okay. Sorry. I mean, you could have just said Drew Barrymore starts fires, things go awry. She didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Sorry, I can't help it. Everything's making me think of songs today, and now it's happening to it's you. It's this movie. It is. There's so many move. There's so many songs with the word fire in it. <laughs> fire. Like I was singing the Ohio Players the other day. Yeah, you know, there's just so many words. The song. I'm not singing it again. It truly goes fire. 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 Nope. Never mind. Backing out here. Stop looking at me like that. I don't, just, I don't understand what you're talking about. It's a song. Just head into the, the real summary. Okay, let's go into the real summary now, Carnage. Oh, I'm going to do it again? Okay, cool. Um, so you have this father and daughter on the run. You find out. It's like a faux FBI. It's like the scientific version of the FBI called the shop that's after them. In flashbacks, you find DSI. out. What is it? DSI. DSI. The shop. Mm-hmm. You, through flash through flashbacks throughout this movie, you find out that um, Henry met Sa- Harry met Sally. I mean, um, Andy met Vicky uh, during college. Vicky is Charlie's mother. They were college kids doing this experiment. With, what was it? Lot sixty. Lot six. Lot six. It was uh, supposed to be a mild hallucinogen, and that gave them psychic powers. Yes. And they were doing it to earn money while they were going to college. So while they're on this drug, they're like, "I've loved you." I've loved you all this time. For thousands of years, loved we've you loved forever. you. So, of course, they get married and have a kid. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So, you find out that the kid has not gotten their... What do they have? They have telepathy. Telepathy. And tele- telepathy. And uh, <laughs> telekinesis. Shut like up. something I would say. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> telepathy and telekinesis... Uh, however, Charlie just got the pyrokinetics. Although she Pyro- had a little bit of tel- pyrokinesis. Pyrokinesis. Yeah. Well, she they, also got a little bit of te- telepathy too. They though. don't. Got, they don't. She ex- got, uh, like psychic. Like she can tell the future. Yeah, like the very near future. Yeah. Like not a long time. Right. Like almost, almost like um, precognitive. Mm-hmm. But it's like going to happen like within the next like. 10 minutes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she couldn't win the lottery for you because they stopped drawing the tickets a half hour ahead of time. So, I mean, <laughs> right. she's not that great. So, but. so it's worthless, basically. <laughs> she can tell you when the mailman's about to hit your house. That's about <laughs> it. Yeah. But you find out that um, the shop was keeping an... Shop has had eyes on uh, Andy and Vicky and Charlie forever, but eventually they decide they want Charlie for their own. So they kill Vicky, even though Charlie brings herself for this. Mm-hmm. And they run after, and they, and well, they Andy was like at work or something, so they yeah. didn't kill him. He gets home and finds Vicky dead and Charlie gone. And her nails—that was always one of my ugh. in in the in the book too. They do pull her nails off in the book too. And well, yeah, because they tor- they torture, torture her, her so that she'll tell them where Charlie is. Right, right. Well, she's with a uh, friend's house or a babysitter or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So Andy goes to that house and he gets there as they're loading Charlie into the van. Yeah. And he's able with his telekinetic powers. As I put my hand, hand it's up called, my, it's, <laughs> they call it, it's called the push. The push. Yes. Yeah. He's able to blind or make the two shop agents think he's their blind. Yeah, because he can make people believe what he, whatever he tells them. So he just tells them they're blind and they think they're blind. Yes. And they give him back Charlie and they run away. Now you're caught up to the beginning of the story where they're on the run. Yes. And they make it to the airports, but are only there to steal money out of a payphone. Well, he has, he has to push the taxi driver, too, because the taxi driver is about ready to like pull over and be like, get out. Because he's like, oh, I can't go to the airport. But he pushes him. He hands him a dollar bill. I love that part. And put, gives him a push and says it's a $500 bill. And then the guy's like, okay, well, I'm not turning down a $500 fare. Uh, Broke-ass bitch question here. Is there such a thing as a $500 bill? Yes. There is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Never seen one before. I don't, so. think they're, I don't think they're in circulation. Okay. I think the highest you can get in circulation is 100 Is 100 Okay. I was going to say, I'm like, is that even a real thing? Okay. So, <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> I've never seen a five hundred bill. Well, yeah, no, you, you know. won't because they're not yeah, they're exactly. not in public circulation. So. They're they're used for like money transfers from like bank to bank. That makes sense. Okay, but I do like how he melts. They, they describe it more in the book, but he melts the inside of the payphone, so it gives them all this money. Yeah, and yeah. they're on the run again. He's got a sack full of dimes. And <laughs> you you see Charlie's first. I'm gonna let Mab describe it how they overdo it in the, on the screen, but you see her first. You see her first uh, instance with her pyrokinetics. Kinesis. Pyro. Fuck. Fuck. Pyrokinesis. Mav, take it away, Mav, as to how they show us that she's pyrokinetic. They give us, like, all kinds of visual cues. Unlike in the book, where it's. She essentially just can look in, like, in the direction and then suddenly fire appears, like, on whatever she's looking at. Um,. But they have to give us visual cues in the movie so you know what's going on. Um, so they get like, you know, like there's a fan suddenly in front of her and her hair flips <laughs> back. Me up every and there's time. sweat dripping down her. Yeah, and suddenly like her, her, she starts sweating and then she's <laughs> like really breathing hard. And then the random soldier guy who is being a, I, I don't know, being a douche, not saying soldiers are bad. But this guy was being a... He's pro- denying his baby, basically. Yes. He's, he's publicly um, denying his baby. Suddenly, his boots catch on fire. Yes. And that's that's the first time that you get a, a, a visual of Charlie's powers. Problem with Charlie's powers is that she doesn't know how to pull him back. She's not as good at she's that not, part, yeah. She's not trained yet. I mean, I always assume, now being a mom, that it just it has to do with... Like a, how a a child does not necessarily have the mechanisms to combat like anxiety, um, or you know to shut down their uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Come on, help me out, guys! I got pregnancy brain. Going I don't on know here. what you're thinking. I, like, I don't know. able to self-soothe himself basically yeah almost. like like they can't necessarily like like I'm, i've noticed with gator like him being two now like when they call it the terrible twos mm-hmm. it's like it, at a certain point if he starts throwing a temper tantrum 
if if I can get him to calm down, like there's a certain point where even I as mama cannot get him to calm down. Like we just have to let it burn itself out. And that's that description. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even mean I didn't even mean that. That was a good pun. Um that but that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is that like as a child she wouldn't necessarily have the power and the capability to pull it back. So that's why she's learning and that's why she's saying like pull it back, pull it back. And that's like why he was trying to like her dad was trying to train her. Right. At that one point it's just but as a child she would not necessarily have that capability the way we would. Right. And right. that's why they were trying to work on her. Yes. Yeah. Before this all happened. So. And that's, I mean, that's why she gets upset after she does it because she's apologizing and saying like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I, you know, I tried to pull it back. I tried to pull it back, but she wouldn't necessarily have that capability to do so because she was getting upset for the girl. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she just kind of lashed out essentially. I was getting upset for the girl. I wanted to lash out. So I yeah. get it. <laughs> I was glad when his boots caught on fire. That was my favorite part. <laughs> and then he burned up. No, then, he didn't. He just he ran for no, the bathroom. He, he no, sticks I know, into the toilet. Into the toilet. But I like the to women's think restroom. That he got love some, that. Like second degree burns on his feet. I like to that. Think I mean, that's actually if I recall, that's actually a scene directly taken from the book too. It he is. Ra- he runs into the girls' bathroom, and the um, security guard chases him in there. And the security guard's like, "Come on out with your hands up!" And he's like, "Do you mind if I get my feet put out first? Or like, it's like a, that's almost a direct line. Mm-hmm. That line they take directly. Yeah. Some of the other lines they just make completely, you know, <laughs> course. All right. So you see them on the run. Um, while they're on the run, you meet Captain Hollister and Rainbird, John Rainbird. We'll just refer to him as Rainbird. So Rainbird is a mercenary assassin type guy for captain Alistair. and after many unsuccessful attempts to capture john rainbird yeah. john water pigeon, john water pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> who is supposed to be native american Ugh. he was in the book they made a choice to cast a non-native american in this role Yes, they fucking did. Chaos did not notice till the very end. So she's very upset now. Instead, yeah, I was like, is he supposed to be a Native American? Like, I didn't yeah. even realize. Instead, we got a Jean-Claude Van Damme lookalike. Yes. Yeah, like he just came from Street Fighter. Yeah, like the only way, like, I, no, it was so much better in the book. Just saying. So because of the problems that they're having, um, they're talking. And you get this po- this thought in the movie. We were talking a little bit about this, that he's a complete pedophile based on this scene with Captain Hollister. You think he's a p- complete pedophile. Uh, oh, it's so squeaky gross. It's different in the book, though. And it's, well, in the movie, it's so squeaky gross. I know. I don't know why they, they portray him that way either. Did you find anything about that? I mean, about the the book. why they portrayed him pedophilia. You know why? Why do they remove the one thing where the one of the biggest things is in the book? You know, he explains to Captain Hollister he wants to get intimate with Charlie. Captain Hollister looks at him and he and in the book he goes, well, not in the biblical way, but they omit that one phrase. I mean, that makes a huge difference. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And they they chose to omit that phrase from the movie to make him even look even more pedophile. To make him look like a pedophile. Like, it's so gross. I don't understand why they had to put that in there. You know, and really, I think in the book, he wants to get close to Charlie just so he can kill her face to face. Because he wants her dead in the book. Yeah. He doesn't want her dead, but he wants to be her friend first so he can meet her eyes when he kills her. But yeah, it seems more like he wants to have her as a little plaything. 
Ugh. Well, if I recall in the book, it's because um, he's like an assassin. So that's why that's why he wants to get close to her is because like that's his chosen method. Right. Of killing is to be like face to face. Yes. Yeah, because like he talks about um, smashing her nose in and it going into her brain and killing her that way. Which is how he killed the doctor. Yes. Yeah. Um, he didn't kill in the movie. No, he did. Oh, he, he did. did? It was the quick. one the the doctor that ran the lot six experiments. That's how he killed him in the movie. He smashed his her nose. His when nose. When did that happen? I when totally... the guy the guy was laying in bed, and he woke up. The the doctor the Rainbird was playing with him with a little stick to wake him up. You missed that part? Yeah, I guess I missed that part. Yeah, he was teasing him with the nose and the mouth to wake him up. And as soon as the doctor was awake, flat yeah, I, fist right to the nose into his brain. Part. Killed him. It was short. Maybe that's okay. why. Okay. Well, he died. Good to know. <laughs> Sorry to spoil it for you. He died. <laughs> I watched the movie and you're spoiling me <laughs> for something in the Sorry. movie. Okay. So meanwhile, while Rainbird and Cap are having this talk... Uh, you find that Charlie and Andy have uh, gotten picked up by Irv Manders, and Irv's a sweet old farmer who he takes him back to the farm for lunch. And at first, they give him fake names, and they just say they're you know they're on their way, and they just say, you know their car broke down. But eventually, Andy tells Irv the truth right before the shop shows up, members of the shop, and that's when shit goes really bad. Yes, because throw back to Charlie's. Um near you know very recent uh telepathic abilities she comes in and she just looks at her dad and she's like you told like she knew she could tell Mm -hmm. that her dad had told her and you know and she's being a little kid you know she knows like her dad had specifically said don't you know don't ever give out your real name blah 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 and so like the fact that she walked into the room and knew boom you know that they had told so at that point then she starts getting these visions about these cars the shop cars driving up the dirt road that they're coming for them and there again very near capabilities i mean they're coming up the road tell when they're on the highway i mean yeah (laughs) maybe they would have a chance to make a break dad they're in three cities over we gotta go (laughs) that'd be really helpful that would have been really helpful yeah so um, they're going to fight it. And poor Irv, he gets his gun, his deer gun. I didn't know there was such a thing as a deer gun. He gets his deer gun and he's out there and you're not going to need that. <laughs> no, because you have this little girl who can apparently make everything, you know, become a ball of fire. So. Yeah, even stone and concrete. Yes. And water. And water. Yes. Irv. I mean, he's just, he's being a grandpa and he's, you know, I mean. You think about it that way. He's being a grandpa. He's trying to stand up for you know this sweet. little girl that he just met. Yeah, no, I liked it, was super it when sweet. I liked it when his wife says, "You know, don't get involved." And he says, "What am I supposed to do? Be a good little Nazi and turn him over to the secret police?" <laughs> I liked that. It, uh, Carnage, back me up. Um, in the book, is there is there something about him being like a soldier or something like that? Yeah, Irv. Yeah, yeah, he was a soldier. Yeah, so that's it would it would make sense that he'd be like, what are we going to you know yeah. like a Nazi? Because I think I think it, he was a soldier in he World was a War Two. World War Two. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he he ends up actually getting shot in the arm, I believe yeah. it is, yeah, uh, by one of the shot men, and that just triggers Charlie even more so, and everything 
Andy's like, get out of here. Get out of here. Well, they can't because Charlie blows up all of their cars, which yeah. is fucking awesome. Yeah, that was some pretty nice pyrotechnics watching all those cars explode. I wanted to be a demo expert on this movie because they really had a lot of fun, it looks like. I know that just Joe, that would probably be a scene that he would like because he's a big fan of practical effects. Yes, And that's actually a bit of trivia that none of the fire in this movie is cgi it's right. all practical it's awesome. effects yeah it's like uh, uh one of the things i love about phantasm the phantasm series they they did everything practical effects all those they had a whole entire mansion explode mm-hmm. it was great <laughs> love it love it when they do practical effects with fire so everyone dies there except for urban norma they're left behind they and give, Charlie and Andy. And, well, and Charlie and Andy. Um, Irv gives them a Jeep and they run off. They take off in the yeah. Jeep. Uh, they end up in this little town. What's I that always, town I called? I always thought it was kind of weird that like the shop didn't go after Irv and Norma. Like, they you, did in the book. But I mean, still, like they they went there, but they didn't like just kill them. No, they paid him off in the book. Yeah, they didn't kill him. They paid him off in the book, which is weird. I, you would have thought they would have killed him. Yeah, they're I'm, old. Well, because it, it's like know. the fact that they they aided they aided the McGees. Like you know, no, you, you don't know that. There's no witnesses. Well, but still, <laughs> they're all dead. Well, but they no, know. I get it. I I do. I, so yeah, I'm surprised too that it was just easier to pay them off than kill them. I would have thought it'd been easier to kill two old people. Yeah, instead of yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyhow, so they take the jeep and they go out to what is that city called? I don't know. They go out to the, the lake house or the lake cabin. Yeah, it's like rock, crystal rock. Chimney rock. Chimney rock. Thank you. They go to chimney rock. Thank you. And that's where grandpa's old cottage was on the water with a mm-hmm. rickety old bridge that no one's been there since grandpa died. Well, grandpa died two weeks ago, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, judging died. by the state of the cabin and that bridge, yeah, grandpa hasn't been dead that long. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although yeah. we did talk about the bridge. <laughs> well, I don't know. I thought that the bridge looked pretty wobbly and unsafe to me. I mean, no, it did, like it did. But I'm saying if Grandpa had really been dead as long as they kind of alluded to, that bridge wouldn't even been standing. Like it would have been sunken into the water. To be fair, it was made of Lincoln logs. So, <laughs> um, but the shop knew about Grandpa's old cottage because they actually have a couple of undercover shop employees there and they report to cap and rainbird that that's they've shown up yeah because andy the dad tries to send off letters to you know like a big news organizations that that that's like his whole point is that he is trying to send off these letters so he can essentially alert the world as to what's going on yeah right he wants to expose the shop and yes yeah um, so they end up killing that poor mailman to get his bag of letters because you couldn't just steal it. Rainbird had to kill him. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, not looking him in the eye that we strangled him from behind. How assassiny is that? Not to look him in the eye. Poor, 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 unnamed mailman is one of three good guys in the whole movie to be killed. Yep. Mm-hmm. The other two are Vicky mm-hmm. and Andy. Yeah, that's it. They're the only good guys that get killed, which is a good thing, I guess, but... Still, you have uh, one job and you can kill. Like. So Rainbird scales himself up on this tree, and as they're as they're crossing the the rickety log Lincoln Log Bridge, it's he actually of, it's, I mean, there's a bit of a montage. Like Charlie and Andy are resting, 
Andy is trying to like rest his mind a little bit to mm-hmm. regenerate his power because that's the problem is that he has to keep pushing people so much that he's like he's actually like giving himself like mini strokes yeah they're called pinpoint migraines or pinpoint hemorrhages of the yeah point yeah. hemorrhages mm-hmm. um or pinprick yeah. hemorrhages pin something like that yes. yeah but that's that's the point that like that's it is that he's he's pushing himself too far and if he put if he does push himself too far he is going to essentially stroke out Mm -hmm. so that's there's a bit of a montage of the two of them just like resting and kind of just hanging out like there's a scene where it's like they're sitting with their feet off the side of the bridge and they're fishing um and then andy decides like okay it's time to move on we have to go somewhere else so they pack up some food and just as they're leaving, Rainbird hits him with Rainbird drinks. shows up. Yep. It's Charlie first, which is smart. Wait yep. a minute. Yeah. Andy. With a dart. Yeah. Uh, trank, trank Why dart. does he never think of trank darts before then? I mean, come on. You, how long have you been trying to capture these people? It <laughs> takes one person to come up with trank darts. Just saying. Well, Rainbird hadn't actually been on the case yet. Up until this point. But you're so, saying he's the one smart person in the whole shop? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so they get taken to the shop's facilities where they're actually in these like gilded cage bedrooms where they're beautiful, beautiful living quarters. But you find that instead of doors, they're actually steel doors to, so they can't get out. Yeah, they're locked in. Yeah. They have like the yeah. key card swipers and stuff like that. And Rainbird, not being seen by anyone, poses as a janitor now. An orderly. An orderly. Well, janitor. To, to make fun, to make fun, to make friends with Charlie. Is John the orderly. Yes. John the orderly. Oh, so and he And he does so to, he makes himself seem weak in order to play on her weaknesses to get her to do what they want her to do, which right. is show right. off her powers. Yeah, so he ends up, they end up befriending actually over a night storm when they lose power. And that's, he tells this bullshit story. Where he pretends to be so scared of the dark. Yeah, and he tells, is it a POW story? It's complete bullshit. Yeah, this complete bullshit POW story. And it makes Charlie fall like friendly for him, sympathetic for him. Yeah, she, she, uh... And that's the kicking point of her then showing off what she was going to do. Start, they start off with wood chips. In her experiments, which she makes that fucking tray fly full of fire yeah. and then lights the bathtub of water that's there for safety on fire. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. but they get all excited about the fact that she made the water boil. And as I turned to you guys and I was like, did they just miss the fact that the water was actually on fire? <laughs> the water was on fire at a sea parks, <laughs> a fire. <laughs> I teach crowd reference there. She put this fire with the other fire. <laughs> oh one one eight nine nine nine. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, Andy can't do shit. He's burned himself out. It seems like. Well, the pills in the book you find out they're they're giving him these blockers, and he's um, he's totally let himself go, and he's addicted to these drugs until that power outage when he actually was able to push his own mind. To kick the habit, which you don't really get from the... I, I don't know. Did no. you really get that from the movie? That's what no. he was doing. He pushed his own okay. mind to kick the drug habit. 
so he could regain his powers to try to get to his daughter. Okay. Because I think six months had passed. Something. Yeah, there's a significant amount of yeah, time. Yeah, it's six months passed since they've been at the farm, and he, um, he, so he stops taking his drugs, and he's finally able to push. I mean, they, they still think he's taking the drugs because mm-hmm. he's acting like. He's taking the drugs. Yeah. Right. It, it's just, they're just, they're like low-grade tranquilizers just to kind of keep him calm. But they're still trying to they're trying to get him to show how much power he does or does not have. Mm-hmm. Um, so he like and that I mean that's they kind of just write him off as being burned out, as you said, right? Um, and then when they do that, that's when he realizes like, oh no, they're gonna kill me. So I have to figure out like a way I have to get out of here. I have to get Charlie out of here. And that's when, you know, like you said, he pushes his own mind to get rid of the addiction. And he essentially just kind of starts um, faking like he's taking the tranquilizers. Mm-hmm. Which is easy because they only have one goddamn camera on him and one god- goddamn camera on Charlie. The yeah. whole time, which is the dumbest thing. It's only when they're in bed laying on that one side. That's the only thing they could see. Not the best surveillance system. Just saying. Just saying. So. Well, no, they have one in, at least in Charlie's room, they have one like just inside the door too. So they have two. Yeah, because when cameras. when she's in the like little living room area talking with John the Orderly, oh, you can see him. Okay, he points up at it, and they're clearly not in the bedroom. That's true. That's true. Not in the book too. They say not only do they have cameras, but they have like microphone bugs. As oh well. yeah, it's tapped. Everything. They're, it's totally wired up in the books. Yeah. So. Um, so in the movie, he ends up Andy ends up convincing Cap to get him and Charlie together. They're gonna go to this barn. Basically, where Charlie's been getting equine therapy, or she was in the book at least, she was getting equine therapy with necromancers. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it was um, they were rewarding her. That was one of her rewards for um, cooperating with, with the them. Horses. Was that she got to go uh, take care of the horses? She, she the got horses. to go horse riding. Necromancer. So they all end up in the barn. Um, Annie's pushes Cap to tell him the truth about Rainbird, how he's tricking Charlie. He's the one that tricked him. He's the one that killed Vicky. Mm-hmm. And he's able to trick um, Cap into telling him all this. So he knows when he sees Rainbird in the barn to get Charlie away from him. Um, he tries to get Cap to shoot Rainbird, but unfortunately, Rainbird shoots him straight through the fucking forehead. He's got a really good aim, I'm just saying. Yeah, for, yeah, for a one-eyed dude. I mean, he is an assassin. Yeah, it's true. But... Still, you know, they perception the way they kind (laughs) of with the eye patch. Um, how we said before, like how his chosen way of assassinating is hand to hand. I still feel like he wouldn't, that would be a really hard shot to make with a pistol from that far away. Um, he actually ends up shooting Andy through the neck, even though Andy is able to push him enough to jump from the loft. And hurt himself. Which he just hurts himself. He doesn't die from it. So he ends up shooting Andy in the neck. It's not tall enough for him to die from it. One could not. In the book, he breaks his leg. Yeah. Or legs. That I could see. Legs, yeah. Yeah, because he is incapacitated. He's just not dead. But he's able to to push Andy enough away to shoot him. He's dying. Everything goes to fucking shit down with fire. Well, because like he Carrie tells 2. Charlie, 0. like, kill anyone in your way to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's like her, her um, Andy's like last words to Charlie are, "Do whatever you have to do to get out of here." Because this whole time he's been telling her, um, you know, like keep it under control. You know, when they say pull it back, pull it back, pull it back. Right now it's let it go. Yeah, now he's saying like, let it go. Do whatever you have to do. 
get out of here. Like, he knows he's dying. He knows he's not going to make it. And he also knows that if he does not, like, essentially release her, she will die with him. Right. So that's why he tells her, you know, let it go. Do what you have to. I was trying to move it. (laughs) Stop. I'm sorry. So basically, that's exactly what she does is that she releases her the like the full extent of her powers, which brings us to one of the funniest deaths in the movie of <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Pinchot, who in in the book kills himself, which is another scene. But in the movie, um, he gets away in this little golf cart that goes like he doesn't even push it all the way. He goes like five miles per hour puttering away. And he's like he's looking behind him like looking all panicked at Charlie. Like going like five miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> like my mom with a walker like or something. he could have run faster yeah. than he was traveling in the carts. Yeah. And Reaching c- speeds of up to three. <laughs> and comes this bucket of fire that just makes him go explodey. And he, he flies out in of this, the golf in cart In this even. scene too, um, they actually start showing, again, your visual cues. Um, I mean, Charlie does, she gets the whole wind and you know the wind that flips her hair back with the heavy breathing and the sweat but instead of the explosion just kind of like happening Mm -hmm. like they did before you actually see her creating like these fireballs that she is firing which is actually related to my favorite death where she shoots a fireball at a guy who gets hit and then it blows him on fire into a giant tree, which like sets the tree on fire. <laughs> I just love it. Like the way it just like catapults him up into the top branches of this giant tree and he's on fire and he looks like a little gingerbread man on fire. And it, I mean, it clearly like the doll that the caught on fire was yeah. not on a wire that like shot it up into the tree at all like yeah no. it's like like it, it just it looks like a doll it does because like his limbs their his limbs don't move at all he just if you paid if you Kimbo, paid yeah. attention if you paid attention to when he got into the tree if you paid attention you could actually see the doll just kind of like hanging there yeah right it was on fire still but he's like you could see it hanging I just love limply. that. I love that. That was one of my. That was. I think that was like my favorite death. It I think between so that and the one where it's the three guys running and they all try to kind of like split up and run in three different directions, and, and she she just up. sends like the three like the fork, the fork. after yeah, them, and it's like each one gets hit by a separate. Oh my god! Fork yes, it's, great. it's so fucking great. This yeah. is one of the best climatic scenes. Mm-hmm. In I the mean, this like, rival carry at the it's prom. Very, it does. It's very carry like when yes. she's just walking at the out of the barn and the barn's all on fire behind her. Mm-hmm. And then she's I mean, she did. She everywhere. did um, set free all the horses. Yes, yeah, she mm-hmm. did. She An animal lover. I like that. No church that. award. We appreciate that. We're glad no 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 horses were harmed in this. Movie. I mean, in the book, I think it's a lot more like overclimactic in the book like what mm-hmm. she does like it goes into a lot of detail what she does to like every single person she comes oh, wow. across oh, yeah. um like there's a there's a there's a scene like in the book where it's talking about this um electric fence that surrounds the farm and i when she blows up the house like where she where all the experience taking place and like the house and the lab and all that stuff people come like pouring out and in their panic they run right into the electric fence oh my gosh yeah and so then it you know of course talks about like 
how they're reacting to thousands of volts of electricity running oh, through uh-huh. there. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, yeah, it's there in, in true <laughs> Stephen King form. There's a lot more description in the book. Yeah, well, I'm I was sure. gonna say Carrie was the same way. To everybody yes. that died in Carrie, there yes. was so much more description. Yes, so, yeah. But like you guys said, this this scene is still good, and it's. It, it it does. It throws back to Carrie. It's very satisfying, with, I feel. <laughs> with the fire, with her walking dramatically out of the burning barn with everything burning behind her and pieces falling down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I, yeah, this is a pretty awesome part here. And the fact that it's just this, like, little eight-year-old girl creating all this carnage i know it's awesome (laughs) it's amazing you don't see that very often you know the little eight-year-old little girl like owning things i like it yeah as the hero right or anti-hero yeah kind of in this case well i think it doesn't fade to black after the sensation went to the new york times and that's how this this movie ends doesn't it well no no no. it shows her yeah she gets away they don't i'm playing with my cord i'm sorry that's me uh (laughs) he's not just me (gasps) they don't in the movie they don't show it is just kind of like a fast jump um she ends up like hitchhiking back to irv and norma's farm Mm -hmm. um which she does in the book as well but i feel like she spends a lot more time um like on the road in travel before she gets there right but that's what i'm saying like it was kind of surprising that they didn't kill them outright but she shows back up and they are like they can tell right away that her dad is dead. It's just her. And they're ready. They essentially just greet her with open arms, which is really awesome. That gives me happy feelings in yeah, my heart. Yeah, take her. I love that part. That they just are like, okay, you know, we're your family now. Um, and then it, they are the ones who take her to the New York Times. Rolling Stone in the book, but yeah, New York Times. Yes. Here. Yeah. Yeah, we are talking about the movie. Right. Well, you didn't even see that in the movie, so they take her to the New York. Just saying. Step, get the end scene. Because then, like, she looks up, like, she's standing in front of the building, and it says New York Times above the yeah. door, and she looks up, and she's like, Daddy, this is for you. And Was Irv and Norma in here, with her in the movie, or no? Yes. Oh, they were. I walked out during the last scene for some reason. I don't know fucking reason why I stopped it. Walked out. <laughs> I did. I walked out to pee or something during the last scene. So Irv and Norma were with her in the end? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because um, I think Norma says something to her in the end. Okay. But then that's like when she looks up, she's like, Daddy, this is for you. Mm-hmm. And then she part. goes in and that's like, she's going to go tell, her, you know, their story. Their story, yeah. Get that shop taken down. Well, what's left of it because everyone's dead. But yeah. <laughs> totally going to expose the dead people. Yeah. That's kind of weird to say the exposing dead people. Praising. <laughs> end movie. End movie. Movie's over. Yay! Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so that eye patch, uh, it's a little note of trivia. Um, Rainbird uh, had to wear the eye patch because George C. Scott actually had a contact lens that got infected for this movie. So that's why he actually put the the eye patch on. Oh. Huh. So, th- yeah, he really needed it because his eye got infected from the. Nice. Because he really that's committed to this role. Apparently. That's unfortunate. Yes, we're very sad about that. Not really. Penelope, it is not time. She just wants to be a part of the podcast. Oh, oh, yay! (laughs) I think we got that. That was hilarious. She just meowed right into the microphone. Um, yeah, but good cast, just bad, just 
it's not a horrible movie. I will say that. I love all the fire. <laughs> okay, Pyro. Oh, okay, Pyro. <laughs> That's my favorite part. The fire. The fire. <laughs> I like how they name her Charlie. Char, Charlie. Yeah. Well, her full her full name is Charlene. Charlene, yeah. I got. I Char- thought her full name was Charcoal Burkett. Yes, it was <laughs> Charcoal Burkett McKee. <laughs> oh my god! Charcoal Burkett. Charcoal wow. Burkett McKee. It's it's the latest, You know, she's it's like a, her model name. Like instead of Brigitte or. Bridget, yeah, I was gonna say Char- like that. Bridget. That could actually like work in a way, <laughs> like Charlene Bridget. Bridget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Charcoal Briquette. Charcoal Briquette. Meet my daughter, Charcoal Briquette. <laughs> I mean Charlene Bridget. Oh man, I totally want a pyrotechnic daughter who who's named Charcoal no. Briquette. No, you're not allowed. Yes, I'm. I'm gonna have my next. No lots. I mean, for you. I could potentially get you a pyro nephew but mm. yeah it's not sorry. the same you it's can't name a charcoal forget <laughs> well i mean well we couldn't we could still name him like charles my aversion to children maybe i should just like get a cat. pyrokinetic cat <laughs> and name her charcoal briquette with the way your cats demand food, though, I feel like that wouldn't turn out very good for you. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Instead of getting meows, you'd like be on fire all the time. Yeah. If Penelope, if Penelope was had pyrokinesis, I definitely would be dead by now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would have died a long time ago because she would have lit me on fire like the first time I was ever <laughs> late with the. Uh, with canned food for sure we were talking about that the other day how like their canned food time used to be um kitty bedtime so we used to give them canned food at like nine o'clock and just like over the years they keep making it earlier and earlier and now we're down to 7 30 <laughs> next year it'll be down to five that they get, get their their bedtime food and now we have to give them bedtime food at nine o'clock still oh, but they, suckers but they still get their 7 30 bedtime canned food our cat neo well she knows not to come to me because she knows that i won't give her food but she decides when it's time to eat and she will go and just sit in front of just joe <laughs> and just like meow at him and he's like well, what do you want and i'm like you know what she wants she just i mean she stares like daggers at him <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she actually almost has like a bit of like a horror movie cat sound when she gets really upset. You have a twig in you. I'm trying to get it out, okay? No, it's not a twig. It's paint. That's the paint that's stuck in her fur. Oh, poor baby. I almost pulled your tail off. She's a dumbass who put her tail in paint. She also ate plastic. She also pooed out plastic and then she couldn't poo it all out. So then she rubbed her butt on the carpet. Oh, okay, moving on. Let's talk about this movie. Anyone have any trivia? <laughs> <laughs> trivia? Anyone? Trivia. 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 Talked about Rainbird. Oh, it's all so dramatic, Penny, isn't it? Tell us how you feel, Penny. Tell us how you feel. Nope. You nope. had some of the ones I had. No, you oh, tell um, us. Drew Barrymore did start another Stephen King one, which is going to be on the list. It's Cat's Eye. I don't know when we're going to do it because it's also 80s as well, I believe. So it's not going to fit in the 90s one, but I'll have to figure out when we're going to do it. But I own it. Cool. So I definitely want to do it. Okay. 
You got to talk into the microphone. <laughs> um, in the there's a flashback scene um, when Vicky and Andy meet. Uh, this is true to the book as well. Um, Vicky and Andy are the only ones who survive. Oh, that's right, yeah. The others um, convulse, or the one guy plucks his own eyes out. Yes, they didn't show that in the movie. Actually, well, no, they did. They did. Did they show him plucking mm-hmm. his eye out? Not, I mean, not oh, the yeah. actual physical him plucking his eyes out, but they show him, and he has no eyes. Right. Yeah. I like the actual physical act. I'm just kidding. Um, well, another for the string board. Off, yeah, and some of the, I thought some of the committed suicide too, didn't they? Or is that how they wrote him off in the movie? That everyone but two committed suicide. I think they just wrote him off that way. Not that they're in mental hospitals or anything like that. They like just wrote him off that they all committed suicide in the movie. Yeah. Um, during the final scene in the barn, mm-hmm. Charlie and Rainbird both have blue jeans and blue shirts on. Um, uh, this is oh my gosh, really an eighties <laughs> combo. <laughs> Yeah, it was the eighties. Very eighties, early nineties fashion, right there. Um, this is to show Rainbird's twisted affection for Charlie. So Weird. yet yet another hint towards your pedophilia. Yeah, gross bar. <laughs> um, I like that no stuntman were hurt in this film. That's good. Which it, I know it's stupid, but any more I mean with fire, it's pretty rare that no one got even like a burn. Yeah. Or any kind of triage at all. That's good, though. Which is good. And they oh. did... What? Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, and the only other thing I saw was that David Keith was Stephen King's 14th choice for Andy. He nice. was really low on the fucking totem pole. Oh, and he did such a good job as he Andy. He did. You did a good job, yeah. There were um, two actresses who were strongly considered for the part of Charlie. One was Drew Barrymore. The other was Heather O'Rourke. Oh. That's right. Oh, did you see that? That tr- that tr- oh, well, I don't know if it was on where I, fa- I saw the trivia. I'm gonna have to find out where I saw it. But uh, Drew Barrymore's mom actually saw the book Firestarter yes. on sale. I'm not sure where I saw it, but um, she, so Drew bought it and she would come out and she'd be like, "I'm Charlie McGee, the Firestarter." This is six years before the, six years before they even did the film. Yeah, it was the original book, book. art looked coincidentally very strongly like drew barrymore oh yeah. really so her mom would like jokingly tell her like that's you that's you yeah. on this book and then like drew barrymore would yeah she'd oh, be like i'm charlie so mcgee funny. i'm charlie mcgee and then yeah six years later she actually played the part wow. oh sorry that was on imdb i thought i saw this somewhere else but yeah it was on imdb one of the first things sorry i thought i read that i thought i read it in tv tropes or something like that but there are a lot of tropes in this movie Mm, I bet. It is a Stephen King movie after all. I know, I know. Maverick's analysis on this movie as the Stephen King expert. Oh, yes. What is your analysis? It follows the book pretty strongly. Some changes, you know, I mean, they have Some to. Some important changes, though, too, though. You know, I don't But know. it's also, it's a very short book. So yeah. You're kidding, it is? Yeah. Yeah. I'm shocked. Well, can, uh, comparatively. Oh, yeah. okay. Comparatively, it's a very short book. It's like the size of Christine uh, or Carrie. Uh, I think it's it's pretty close to like Pet Cemetery too. Yeah, size wise. Well, I have all of his books like digitally, so that doesn't really. So it's not like Doctor Seuss, <laughs> but it's like close. <laughs> it's not as bad as it. Yeah, 
oh okay i know that like you could probably put like three or four fire starters in it yes got it okay but this the the movie script film script does follow the book pretty closely some differences some big differences lots of small differences Mm -hmm. i just I, i wish it would have been written better Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. There's a lot of potential, like I said. The great cast. Great it's just, story in yeah, general. Great story, great cast. It's just the script itself is just not. I'd be interested to see it remade. I would too, although I don't know if I want to see Firestarter 2, the one they just. the one. I don't know if it's a remake or if it's a sequel. It's a sequel made for TV sequel. Oh, is it? Pass. Yeah. Pass. Says the person that saw Carrie Two. Hard pass from the, the person who saw Carrie Two: The Rage. <laughs> like I have any standards, from the person please. who loves Final Destination. Hey, Hard pass. People like Final Destination. You gotta stop hating it. Yeah, your mom, and then she threw up everywhere. Wow, really? My yeah. mom, yeah. and then she threw up everywhere. You know, my mom listens to this, right? Hi. <laughs> Ooh, Sean Bean. Hold on a second. Sean Bean listens to this podcast too. Oh God, I Hi, wish Sean. she did. I wish she did. Yeah. Um, a young woman who has the ability to start fires in her mind must now face the trauma of her childhood battling uh, with a group of very talented children and their cruel leader, John Rainbird. Are we sure it's not a remake? John Rainbird's in it. But I thought he died. Yeah, Charlie's in it. Let's see, Charlie. Malcolm McDowell is Rainbird. Yes, another non-Native American. Another white dude playing a Native American character? What the fuck? What the actual fuck? Wow. All right, moving on. I can't watch that. What do we have? Rate review? Uh, Yeah, rate. It's time to rate it. Um, Who wants to go first? Not me, because this is a hard one for me. All right, I'll go first. Because we know I never go first. Right, exactly. I will give it a... I feel like I've been giving out so many sevens lately, but I think I'm going to give it another... I think I'm going to give it a seven. Hmm. This one's hard for me. This is my favorite Stephen King book. I think it's might have been the first one i ever read that might be one of the reasons why it's one of my favorites but it's the one i read the most we were talking mav and i that my book is a hardback and it's falling apart like there's sections falling out i just had to reorder it on amazon i just did it now but so the movie's hard for me because if i look at it objectively as just a movie without knowing the book yeah i'm probably gonna go uh, 6.85 i think I just had such a strong urge to hit you with my microphone. Why? Because you can't ever give anything an even score. It oh, always no. has that is to my be thing. some ridiculous 95 episodes I want to throw this at you so bad. 95 episodes in. You'd think you'd be used to it by now. I have never given anything an even score. My hatred burns brighter than ever. Hashtag Marianas Trench I hate. The Marianas Trench got a little deeper. It's deeper every day. Yes, it is. Maverick, what's your rate? <laughs> I was like, well, my turn after all that. <laughs> I hate you! Hey, you are! I mean, this physically hurts me to rate this movie because, again, this, I, 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 I know I said it in my very first episode. Firestarter is 100% my top favorite Stephen King book. Oh, man, I haven't even read it. You gotta so read it. the fact 
that this movie is just it doesn't hold up against the book it hurts me a lot to give it only like a four and a half. Oh, so you're you're not taking the book away from the movie. You're you're putting the your thoughts of the book and the movie together. Yes. Okay. Like I said, I love the book. I, do, yeah. I agree. I think it was the first Stephen King book I ever actually read. Um, I have a very well loved copy that you can't even read the spine anymore because <laughs> it's just been shot to shit from reading so many times. But this movie is just does it absolutely no justice so it's gotta go with a four and a half i feel that i could feel that and notice i was nice and i made it a nice round even number so chaos didn't rage at you like she rages at me <laughs> because i might have time. just thrown off the edge and thrown this microphone at somebody <laughs> um all right so there is no fan fiction sadly okay that means we got to make one up what's our pairing charlie is now an adult no pairing maybe maybe no pairing Maybe okay, a we can do that. Maybe we'll get to something later. Charlie okay. and the fire. Uh, okay, uh, no, that's just um, destructive. <laughs> no? We have some pretty good fanfic, like, already made. Charlie goes to the New York Times and exposes the shop. She walks out of the New York Times and some old bald guy in a wheelchair ah! wheels up to her <laughs> and says, Hey. I have a school I think you'd be interested in. Are you mating her with Charles Xavier? Is that your parent? Is Charlie and Charles Xavier two Charlies together? I'm just saying. She is like a ready-made. old man porn. She, no, I'm no. saying like she's like a ready-made X-Men. Yeah. She, she totally would be is. perfect like, for Professor his school. She would 100% be the kind of kid that he would track down. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She I think he would have tracked her down before Westchester. the shop would have her. He would have protected her. And plus, like, if she's in New York, she's right there. Yeah, it's true. And she's basically, like, the toughest X-Man. I mean, she's, like, eight years old, and she can already just kill everything with her mind. She basically cannot be defeated. Like, I mean, like, Thanos who? It's no problem. It's perfect. It's ready-made right there. Can we pair her with Deadpool, then? Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) I can see it. Yeah. Although I really like my Deadpool uh, as Ryan Reynolds makes him as pansexual, which I know that they could still be paired together, but I always like Deadpool and a guy. Wolverine. Just because just because of uh, Ryan Reynolds always making it a point to like... I feel like Deadpool would still take care of her. Yeah. Like being misfits. Oh, yeah. Maybe. If she could stand him. She'd probably light him on fire a few times. Like, like yeah. I could see their their friendship would last because if she lit him on fire, he wouldn't die. So, like, yeah. you know, if she just got really angry at his, like, stupid, annoying, like, like puns hum- one day or something and she just, like, couldn't take it anymore. He'd be like a human voodoo doll. And then he'd be like... He'd whip off his mask and be like, see, the face is already like this. You can't make it any worse, but... He's like... <laughs> and then um, she'd light his face on fire. Is the fire supposed to do something? And she's like, it makes me feel better. <laughs> see? There we go. Fanfic right here. Purpose. <laughs> Should we pimp and get the fuck out? <laughs> All right. Yeah, sure. I'll go through my pimp speech. I'd rather talk about Deadpool. Pimp yourself. Pimp yourself. <laughs> um, we are part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Radio Network. Uh, uh, morbidlybeautiful.com is your place. For all kinds of horror content, reviews, interviews, uh, call weekly 
columns, fiction, art, comics, anything you can think of horror-related, they have it. And it's really cool. We're really proud to be part of their podcast network now that is growing uh, and is like five or six podcasts big now. We oh, got, yeah. It's we big. got like two or three more of them. We were the second podcast to join them. Yeah. yeah. And, and now we've got a bunch. So that's really awesome. So go check them out. Um, link will be in the show notes. Uh, we are hosted by anchor.fm slash podcast at night. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google podcasts, anywhere where there is podcasts. We will be there. Uh, <laughs> we're on the social media all of the social medias at podcast at night we're on instagram facebook twitter and we have a facebook community too um we also have our own instagrams i am chaos at night carnage is carnage at night maverick is g-o-m-a-v-r-i-k that's right if you want to get in contact with us, feel free. Um, if we... Let me try that again. Carnage is making faces. Carnage so is it's... making it very hard for me to get out of here. All I want to do is end this fucking episode. Wait, no. Wait, we got. I just remember one thing we forgot, though. I'm going to kill you. What? Charlie! Set the barn on fire, Charlie! Bloop. 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 Charlie! Charlie! We gotta go to Fire Mountain, Charlie! Charlie. Candy Mountain! Set it on fire, Charlie! Set it all on fire until it all burns away! We're gonna burn, Charlie! Burn! Okay. You guys really are crazy, aren't you? (laughs) Yay! Yeah, Charlie! Yay! Okay. Anyway back to pimping <laughs> if you would like to support us but you don't have any money we understand we don't have any money either the best way to do that to support us is to leave us a review on itunes or wherever you listen if you screenshot that review and send it to us we will send you a free vinyl sticker just for giving us a review because it really is the best way for us to reach new people and we really would appreciate it if you have some money and you want to support us we love you and uh please contact us immediately. I'll give you my PayPal. Adopt no, us. I'm just kidding. Um, but we do have a Redbubble store. I mean, I could, I could give out my PayPal too, but I would really just probably buy diapers. <laughs> Dick, it's for the podcast. That's not for the podcast. Uh, we have a Redbubble store uh, where you can buy mugs, t-shirts, stickers, bags, pillows, just about anything. Um, and we have several designs up there for your enjoyment um, you can let ev- the entire world know that things will go awry. Yeah, I think he should prove that you're our number one fan and buy a shower curtain and then take a picture of the shower curtain and show it to us that you bought it. Yeah, definitely. Or duvet. Or duvet. <laughs> I don't think I, have duvets. I, I don't think I had the duvet. Oh, you don't have the duvet anymore? No, okay. but I have the shower curtain. The shower curtain is yeah. a thing. And yet you still have no baby onesies. I still have to figure out how to make working them. working on that. I was trying to work on that, but I couldn't figure out how to we make them. We got about so. three weeks, so... Well... I'm trying. Get to stepping, bitch. Because <laughs> I don't have enough to fucking do with this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was going to try and anyway, do some really address. awesome newborn photos, and you didn't get me one in time. Sorry. 
Our email address is podcasttonight at gmail.com. Um, and I think that's everything. So I'll just say goodbye from chaos and stay bloodthirsty, friends. Are we mentioning that this is the last episode of King of Palooza? We I said it, right? that like four beginning. times at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Clearly I was paying attention. This is the last episode Maverick will be on to for a while. This is that I have three weeks left, if that. So, but it's fine. I mean, we got this in, which was the biggest fear the three of us had, mm-hmm. was that we'd be I able to finish before Baby Croc gets here. So, but we got it done. So, it's been fun. I've had a good time. I'm glad we did this. Me too. I'll be gone for a while, but I'll be back. No worries. You'll be back in April. Excellent. I'll try and be back before April. Okay. Maybe around my birthday. <laughs> well, no, it's tradition. We have, I have to be here around my birthday because I've done it for two years. That would be the third year running. Oh, that's right. I don't know if we're going to do birthday episodes. No, we don't have to. Though. No. We don't have to. I'm just saying I'll be here yeah. around my birthday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's all. All right. Sounds good. So I'm going to say goodnight from Carnage then. And as always. Hey, you're... Y'all, I didn't get to say bye. Well, I was waiting for you to say goodbye. You just you didn't say goodbye. <laughs> just talking about everything else, but, but, but you're not saying goodbye. Yeah, say goodbye. Exactly. Say goodbye, Maverick. Goodbye, Maverick. <laughs> so I'm going to say goodnight from Carnage. And as always, we're filmed in front of a live study audience of fire starting cats. <laughs> <laughs> Wow.